Yes, here I am, um, about to display a new outlet for me, going down the rabbit hole with Mr. Page. I thought there wouldn't be a better way to start this kind of show, this kind of maybe mini-series, um, better than interviewing, having a conversation with my great friend, great musician, brother, Jack Hughes, from the famous band Wang Chung. Uh, Jack's been in town, actually playing on a Wang Chung tour, 80s tour, and he said he'd stop by and uh, listen to my brand new album, because Jack actually played guitars on my brand new album a long time back, but we went through COVID and all this crap, and then now I've finished the album, and I thought, I want to play it to Jack, and he's in town, so he came across, but on one condition, that he could wash his clothes at my house. Now, that is bizarre. But he said he's been on the road for a long time And if he's going to come across, listen to my record And be interviewed by me I'd have to wash his clothes Um, Which I did We had a wonderful time together Played my new album to Jack Which he played some incredible guitars on And um, he was very moved by it Which was wonderful And we'll talk about that But we had a conversation So this going down the rabbit hole with Martin Page The first ever one of these Will be a conversation between me and Jack Hughes. Um, you'll hear the washing machine in the background. Oh, my, my gasket is blown. So there will be the washing going on as we talk. But we have an incredible chat together. Um, we talk about Jack's new tour and we talk about my album and his uh, feedback for it. And we talk about Jack's incredible solo albums. And we talk about um, an album that he never, ever released, which everybody's interested in. Uh, Anatomy Lessons. Very interesting. We talk about Jack's vision when he's writing. We talk about his jazz work. Um, does the album mean anything anymore? And does vinyl mean anything? We talk about Jack's musical philosophy as well as mine and his wilderness years we talk about a lot of great things even bob dylan is brought up and uh, jack's new brand new single called since 2017 um uh, ufos yes you're going to want to hear that um and jack writes that song in an alien guitar key of e flat um and you're going to want to hear why he did that um there's a lot we talk about we have a lot of fun we're best mates and so um, for the new, brand new uh, mini-series of Going Down the Rabbit Hole with Mr. Page here. Let's let the show begin. Here's my conversation with Jack Hughes. Well, can you believe it? I've got my best mate with me here today. This is Jack Hughes from Wang Chung. In the background, can you hear that? It's his clothes being dried in my house. Because he's on the tour and he said, if I'm going to be interviewed by you, you have to wash my clothes, right? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> I charged him $30. <laughs> but as you can gather, best mates here. This is my brother. This is Jack Hughes from Wang Chung. It's the most high-tech laundrette I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> and we would do the interview while we're washing your clothes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is really strange stuff. He's now, beautiful laundrette. <laughs> 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 now, Jack has come across to play with Wang Chung on this new tour. And tell me, Jack, what's mm. it been like in Los Angeles in 2023? It's been great. I mean, God, how can you, what can you say about it? You know, we played the Greek theatre yeah, here, yeah, which amazing. I love. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that is a sort of institution. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of people, great people have walked great on that atmosphere. stage. Yeah. It is, yeah. And it sells out pretty much, you know. Um, and the, the audience response is... It, ecstatic so it's <laughs> really been a good tour yeah it's, it's very good you know we mm. uh, the greek we played to live and die in la uh, ah. we don't always get to play that because what a song yeah, yeah what a song. it's a lovely song and of course especially touching because bill freakin yeah. passed away yeah august uh, i forget the date now august the 8th it was beginning of august anyway yeah, yeah. so um yeah <clears throat> people got into it i think you know um, sometimes in those 80s things it's yeah. like bam bam wham bam thank you ma'am with the hits you know? yeah, 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 uh, yeah so playing to live and die is uh, it gives Very people special. a bit of yeah time time for a bit of thought and a lot of people love that song so. and, and, and what was it what was the crowd like did you have a big crowd yeah yes yeah, like yeah. i say pretty much sold out you know I, you sort of when you're on the stage yeah you can't see but you're it, a but, super, but the response is, is you're amazing, a superstar you know? <coughs> you're a superstar but you still bring your clothes across to my house to be washed i'm cheap <laughs> <laughs> there was a question i was gonna uh, <laughs> that ends the whole show well, it's not like the cheap. old days you can't find a laundrette that easily 
on Hollywood Boulevard. And even if you did, I'm not sure you'd want to be sitting in there too long. Oh, $30. $30. (laughs) I've got to say to Jack here, this is my first question that I had planned. Mm. We have written the two worst songs known to humanity and mankind and in the universe. I have written We Built This City and you have written Everybody Have Fun Tonight. How do you feel about that? I wish I'd written We Built This City. (laughs) Because I'm number one. (laughs) I'm very proud of that. I think the magazine was Blender, wasn't it? Blender Rolling Stone? Was it? I don't know. They're fairly discredited, all those things. Yes, I mean, I mean. In in a way, it's helped us, hasn't it, over the years? Well, yeah, at least we're in the <laughs> higher <laughs> echelons <of laughs> top bad five taste, as top five to of the worst medium. songs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's so good to see jack you know with, uh, i worked with jack right back in the 80s right at the beginning of time and we just found a friendship and a brotherhood which is so special and jack actually played on my last uh, album my new album about to come out mm. played some incredible guitars and it was a great pleasure to sit down with jack and play him the album and uh, for the first time he's heard his guitars and the songs really finished Mm. and uh, Jack didn't vomit so I was pleased about that but I think you had some uh, soulful feelings about the album didn't you I enjoyed it yes I mean what's <clears throat> What's great about the record, Martin? Thank you, Jack. Is that it displays different sides of you. Mm. Um, so it's not just one version of Martin, you know. And mm. it particularly the sort of soul, the soul funk side. You which know? I, which I mean, everything is, you do yeah. is soulful because everything comes from a deep feeling place, you know. But there are some tracks where you just sort of let it, let the tracks roll. Really, you don't get <clears throat> not like me, kind of thousands of sections and <laughs> chords nobody understands. You know, <laughs> um, you just get into a groove. And there's one track in particular. What was that one called? That I, with the, uh, the, uh, the to, to feel no the one the, before your that. whole heart no the one that sounds i'm giving away all the prince, titles here the, the prince oh little bird little, little bird. bird little bird god that New Orleans. Is, that's a smash oh thank you jack i but gotta it's, say but it's more than that it's, it's it's lovely to hear you showing that side of yourself you know which is funked up which is sly and the family stone do you know what i mean which yeah, is yeah. a i grew up <clears> on that yeah, yeah you 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 understand all that yeah that language and speak it back I can't wait for the audience to hear this album. I've no. waited a long time uh, to put it out, but it's yeah. so beautiful to play it to Jack after mm. all these years because Jack was the first person who came across to actually play on this record mm. um, in my house again, and we worked again from the 90s and the 80s. So, mm. And this record was started, uh, The First and Last Freedom, and I'm telling you the title of the album for the first time. Um, it was started um, at the time that Jimmy Copley, my drummer, uh, was ill, with um, stru- struggling with cancer. So these songs weren't really written for an album Mm -hmm. and so when Jack appeared and just started to play on the record he encouraged me to think that this uh, album was very special well they had a sort of cohesive quality definitely and I felt uh, you know and I'm not just saying this I felt it was some of the best writing you've done thank you Jack really really amazing because there's a simplicity to it but that doesn't mean simple yeah. it just means directness and clarity you know, I appreciate great that. qualities and I was nervous to play it to Jack because I, I respect Jack's music so much so um, we had a very special playback and thankfully um, <laughs> he endorsed me as I washed his clothes yes <laughs> I couldn't really say I didn't like it I think if I washed his clothes <coughs> he would enjoy he would say the album was pretty good so shrink the whole lot of them <coughs> now I've got to ask you Jack because you've made some incredible solo records recently mm-hmm. uh, you've Thank made you. You've made a, a record called Primitive in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, Electroacoustic Works in 2021. Mm-hmm. Tell me the stories of those two solo records. Hmm. Um, well, I guess I spent quite a lot of time, 10 years before that almost, uh, experimenting with writing, you know, particularly in working with jazz musicians. And I don't necessarily count myself as a jazz musician. Um, it's a language that you speak almost it's like having an accent if you like i don't quite have the accent uh, although i love it and uh, and some of my most recent influences have come from that that world you know um and i suppose uh, due to a series of personal things i went through really to do with loss yes uh, i found myself well to try and sort of deal with it i, I wrote poetry <laughs> and uh, i set myself mm. this task of writing a poem every day however I felt and whatever I was doing, you know. And that created a body of, uh, <coughs> well, expression. And um, and then I started looking at it uh, as, as a way 
to sort of start lyrics and some songs well songs started to come out and I don't know whether you experience this but sometimes you know you, you can go for a few months without writing a song and then suddenly Absolutely. two, three, four start Absolutely. coming out together and yes. there's a whole flow develops yes. and with Primitive uh, that, it was very much that you know a lot of people were saying oh this must be songs from like the last 20 years but it wasn't it was, they were all yeah. written within a period of about three months I yeah. think you know and it's a double album it begins with The Look of Love a Burt Bacharach song mm. and ends with Lana Del Rey's video games yeah. again um, I don't know if I was being a and as they say they probably would suggest that I put those songs in the middle but I want it to, to, to be this <clears throat> like a sort of portal you go through the portal of yes. the look of love that kind of classic but Bacharach writing yeah. obviously I tweak all the chords and I send the song off in this kind of like kind of yeah. obsessive journey <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but for me it was important to sort of set that tone kind of uh, and then then my expression comes out of that and then the Lana Del Rey piece it's just periodically I get into songs I just get obsessed with a certain song and, and uh, video games with a, a song I got obsessed with both those albums <coughs> are just mm. e extraordinary and brilliant and uh, and uh, we grew up at th in that age of listening to Talk Talk and mm. Blue Nile and experiment, uh, experimental music and listening to uh, music that really uh, touched our souls and I think that when I worked with Jack uh, in the 80s in the beginning of the 90s I felt like that uh, even though he was working for Wang Chung that it was something much deeper inside him and something that was definitely uh, going to come out at one point and I think mm. with uh, Primitive and Acoustic Works 2021 mm. you have a sound mm. and nobody can sing like you nobody has the swing like you nobody has the funk like you and it's so good that you are now seeing I think for the first time because we were speaking before we did this show that you see your solo career in front of Wang Chung yeah I mean obviously Wang Chung is a, a successful product if you like and, yeah. and I'm still you know um, invested in yeah. Wang Chung you know it's, a, it's an important part of my life and s a lot of the songs you know well th this is a whole other conversation isn't it yeah. you know about how you survive in the music business yes. um, but you have to be able to play different parts different masks you have to be Absolutely. a good actor yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as well yeah. as have the sincerity and the drive, as it were, that, that keeps you going, you know. But yeah, I think um, primitive and electroacoustic works represent me as a songwriter and as a lyricist, as a musician, yeah. uh, in a way that it will be difficult to do within the context of Wang Chan. Absolutely. <coughs> and then there's an album here that I've got to ask you about, which mm. uh, uh, it's it's called um, Anatomy Lessons. Oh yes. Now, on on uh, Wikipedia, it says it wasn't released. You know, was it recorded? It was uh, yeah, it was completed, in fact. And in fact, you and I wrote half the songs on it. <laughs> was I there? Yeah. Was I washing no, that your was clothes? First, that was when we first met. Yeah, I used to bring my clothes over. Uh, you'd wash them, and I'd play you a few songs, and you'd go, I'll, I'll go and make the tea now. And uh, <coughs> I'd use your, your gear to So that's them. the album. <laughs> yeah. So where is it? Where is it? Well, uh, this is a good question. Some Another person was asking me about that yesterday. Yeah. and uh, Everybody knows about it. So when you know about an album that doesn't come out, it has, yeah. an, it has a mystery about it. There's a lot of mystery because it yeah. hasn't come out for a long time. You know, I recorded it after Wang Chung split, basically in 1990. Yeah. You know. uh, in LA or in <coughs> London or um, all over the place. Mainly in London, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah with uh, I worked with Nick Davis, who was the guy oh. at the time who was doing all the Genesis remasters. That's right. Did he do Ice House? I think he did. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Nick was a very kind of uh, skilled yeah. engineer. You yeah. Know? And it's a very sort of uh, sort of multi-layered, complex yeah. record, you know. <clears throat> but uh, you know, for 1990, it was a, it, out of time <laughs> in the sense that it was yeah. probably more prog than some of the stuff I've done more Wh which recently. Which has to, know? I have to say here, is, is Jack always followed his instincts. Mm. You did, even when we first got together. I was making tea more <laughs> than I was in the studio because Jack was saying, "That's crap. That's crap. That's a bad idea. That's crap. Go and make the tea," because you always really had a sense of where you were going to be. I do tend to be, a, when I'm writing, I get quite a clear sense of yeah. how I want things to be, which is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, yeah. it's, uh, I, some people say, you know, if you could give advice to your younger self, what would it be? And my advice would be collaborate more. That's you interesting. Know? Yeah. Because I've, 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 I've done the opposite. I used to collaborate like a maniac, and yeah. now I've sort of sucked back into my own, yeah, I get that. My own world. Yeah. You know, but you feel the opposite to that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I guess the jazz experience is all about collaboration. You can't do jazz on your own. Absolutely. <laughs> and and then I have to ask you about uh, your uh, Jack Hughes Quartet. Yes. Now I'm not. I hope I'm saying this right. Epigonal quark. Epigonal quark. <laughs> That didn't work, did it? <laughs> You're reading it off uh, the page. Uh, then. <laughs> <coughs> I shall wash the clothes. <laughs> now tell me about that record. Pigano Quark. So back in 2012, I think it was, mm. um, I was working, well, the, the year before that, I was working with this band in Canterbury called Sid Arthur. Sid Arthur, guys half my age. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so in fact, some of them were students of mine at the university when I was teaching songwriting. And um, <clears throat> I was working with them, plus some jazz musicians from London and a long-time collaborator of mine called Sam Bailey, who's a sort of improvising piano player. Um, uh, he's partly jazz, partly classical, but really into experimental stuff. And um, this sort of band was sort of got together to do a concert in Canterbury. There was a sort of um, a thing called Sounds New, which was a sort of concert series in Canterbury. And uh, they commissioned me to do something, which didn't mean I got any money it just meant that there was a, Absolutely, a yeah. realm to play yeah so we did this um, yeah amazing concert we played a bit of soft machine soft machine being a canterbury band from the 70s mm. uh still going amazing band. the canterbury yeah. sound the canterbury sound yeah very wrapped up in that or wrapped up no, no, not wrapped up but influenced by it yeah, yeah. and um so we did one of their tunes um we did an arrangement of some stravinsky that i that i did and we also did a cover talk, talk. um that came later. That came later, okay. Yeah, so back in, this is the early days, but we did this cover of a tune by Beck called Nobody's Fault But My Own. Right. And it was very much in the style of Miles Davis, circa 1971. Yeah. And uh, it went really well, and so well that we decided to record it. Um, so we all got together in this garage in the countryside in Canterbury. And there was, wow. uh, yeah, a load of musicians. That sounds fantastic. It was great, actually. Chris Whoa. Hughes. Chris oh. Hughes produced Dance All Days and also produced two of my jazz albums. Tears for Fears. Well. Tears for Fears, yeah. yeah McCartney, yeah. Robert Plant, all those. Uh, Adamant. Yeah, yeah, he was the, one of the drummers. Because he's such a rhythm, rhythm player. He's a rhythm guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. Anyway, he came to this session, sort of produced it, really, you know. Um, and Chris is just his presence actually always makes me play yeah. better yeah, yeah, <laughs> i think yeah, yeah. and think yeah. better and yeah. I, I i know that i gotta yeah. come up with the goods when he's sitting there i can't yeah. just be an idiot yeah know. so like, um, like you are now <clears throat> exactly right. i feel you have like, to let go of that i feel the pressure <laughs> <laughs> so uh so we did this recording but i think we did like four or five takes uh of nobody's fault but my own which is a kind of essentially a 20 minute jam on in f sharp <laughs> you wow. know and, uh, and and Chris was there, and and then he and I did a bit of editing, you know, the takes together, and we put it out as a, a sort of twelve-inch single in How a sense. How brilliant yeah. is that? That's brilliant. It was really great, you know. Yeah. It's got some great playing on it. It's brilliant. Again, it's completely it's the opposite of what we do as eighties yes. players. Yes. It's, it's, there's a very loose structure that Absolutely. we're that we're following, but Doing it's it. all about yeah listening and all about reacting to the yes. other players and stuff. Yeah. And so we put it out, and it got a lot of. Uh, positive action we're Not talking art here we sort of are yeah, yeah I mean, we yeah. always are yes. aren't we do I mean are. but but yeah. but this is um a, a certain kind of art with some very skilled musicians you know yeah. Yeah. and it got sort of um taken up by the prog fraternity That's you know yeah. and prog magazine in particular who were big fans of siddhartha got interested in what i was doing uh and uh this whole sense of me being an 80s pop star which for a prog person is a bit like persona non grata <laughs> <laughs> uh, suddenly it was sort of like, well, he's, he's seen the light a bit you know <laughs> and, um, and in fact the Prog Magazine gave me an award that, and I remembered the picture you yeah. were wearing a suit with a bow tie I was I was all and yeah. you don't look like that now very much you look not. like you're in California yeah I do I mean, and you, I am yeah, and you've got a suntan sort of which yeah. is pretty good <laughs> you know it's what, what I always felt was great about Jack is that he followed the music from his heart and he stood by it you have to be brave to do that and um, but like you there's no other way really you know when, when you're getting the ideas it's like what are you going to do sort of like oh that's a bit complicated well, I, I bother with that I, but this is interesting Jack though, but in the <laughs> 80s though we were quite forced weren't we mm. we had our hits yeah you had um, the second worst song ever written in time yes and I had the first yes and so we were actually forced to follow that philosophy 
Well, it was and, an interesting time. You know, there's a book, isn't there? And that's, a, that's the reason why you came to me. Yeah. Because I believe that uh, the producer who did We Built This City, I'm, I'm yeah. not following and my papers here. everybody at Fantanet. Yes. He produced them both. In fact, it's him. But he sent him, <laughs> he sent you to me. Yes. Right? Yeah. And we were looking for more of the same stuff. And in that period, yeah. we were all trying to emulate the same stuff. But I yeah. felt that when I was with you, that you were still saying we have to expand. Mm. We have to try something different. We have to go forward. Yeah. And I'm going to, uh, none of my n notes, uh, uh, you can hear rustling here, mean anything. <laughs> but going back to the first time before I met Jack, mm. was back in the 80s. Um, I was recording the first Q-Phil record on Arista Records and Jive Records. And my engineer brought me a record. Uh, that I thought was outstanding and it was a song called and I wanted to ask Jack about this for a long time Tina Na mm -hmm. and uh, I don't think I'm gonna get the name right but it's Hong Chung or Hong Chung mm, sort of yeah Huang, in Huang. Chinese you sort of say Huang Chong Huang Chong Okay. But Huang uh, Chung, yeah, and Wang Chung. But really this record to yeah. me, anyway, it was just just yeah. a different spelling of the same thing, really. Absolutely <coughs> knocked me out. Mm -hmm. And so when my publisher said, "Who do you want to work with in the '80s?" Mm. I said, "Jack Hughes from that name." <laughs> that Chinese <laughs> guy. <laughs> and when Jack came to me, we were both under, I think, the pressure mm. of trying to, um, at that time, deliver hits. Yeah. In the uh, and and. Uh, I think that was one of the things that um, also bonded Jack and I. Yeah. Because when we when we got together, we realised there was a, more of an artistic sense mm -hmm. hidden inside us, and we were going to try to have hits, but still going to follow our musical ability, mm. right? Mm. Well, I think you're very tuned into that because you were out here in LA yeah. as a professional songwriter, yeah. not as a an artist. True. Right. True. That is a tough place to be. Yeah. You know, and I really get that. And I've yeah. always was slightly in awe of the fact that you managed to not only do it <laughs> once, <laughs> you know, you, you did it loads of times and worked with people like Robbie Robertson and Maurice you, White and yeah. heavyweight people. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you, like me, you're a kid from England, you know, from yes. a sort of little town. Southampton's not so little. But, you know, these sort of industrial towns that pepper England, you know. Yeah. And, um, it's like, you know, how do you get to stand in the studio with Maurice White and say, do that again? You know? There's a great book by David Hepworth called Fabulous Creatures, something like that. Mm. No, I don't know what it's called. It's about the album, anyway. He talks the concept about of the album, yeah. It's about the development of it, yeah, yeah, as a representation of pop music, as opposed to singles. Yes, you know? yeah. And this whole thing that, like, if you were a kind of, you know, kid in 19... 67, 68, when Sergeant Pepper was coming out, that was about the most colourful thing in your bedroom. That's, yeah, <laughs> it, it was colourful. The rest, it, it yeah. was like, it, Bright. And, and album covers, Disraeli Gears, I remember yes. seeing the cover to that album. Yes. I bought the album because the of the cover. I yes. read about it, and yep. uh, when I listened to it, I didn't really get it that much, but, I mean, I loved it, but, but yeah, the covers of those albums were portals into Great. another world. Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. they were the beginnings of an education uh, of, of, about music that you don't get until you're sort of doing it yeah. and working with heavyweight people. Yes, you know? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So again, this is, I'm going to jump across uh, some of these questions I've written for the end, but I've got to bring up again. Vinyl and the album mm. concept. Mm. Does the album exist now? Yes, it does. It's still, you know, we're, you know, the only people that tell you it doesn't are the people who are selling you music, you know, which mm. are streaming platforms. Right. You know? Obviously, in that respect you know the album's not a natural fit to that you know the single is or the the track that you like yeah. on your playlist of other stuff you like you know but uh, the thing about the album is well straight away that whole thing of like a playlist of things you like that's not what an album is an album is a, a song or maybe two songs you like yeah. plus a load of other stuff yeah. you don't like <laughs> you know right. but through the process of listening to it you come to sort of understand it and like it and realize that the first two songs are a bit shallow you know? yes absolutely. so albums were Again, keep using this word portal, but they were, you know, a way of accessing sort of more. In what's the word? It's not interesting because you know everything's interesting, isn't it? But, uh, <laughs> Even <laughs> but your clothes being washed yeah, is interesting. Yeah, exactly. Deeper, <laughs> deep, deeper stuff. You know, the album for me is the ideal way for an artist to represent themselves into yeah. into the world because you get the front end necessarily where, where you're trying to connect with as wide an audience as mm -hmm. possible, and then you have the stuff which is the stuff you that comes out of you you know that you need people to come to you for you know yeah now so you've got exchange isn't on there? your <coughs> records you you you, you the, your solo records you've released great vinyl releases mm, yeah uh 
open-ed spread on the vinyl and everything. Mm. I mean, it's beautiful yeah. artwork. Yeah, Primitive is a double album, yeah. which is something that I always wanted to do, you know. Yeah. So you could say, well, it's a sort of, you know, a long CD sort of yeah. thing. But CDs are different, you know, the whole way they're weighted is, is different in terms of how you organise the content, which tends to be yes. the you know the best in inverted commas track first and then it just gets progressively more shit yeah. whereas an album has that whole sense of you know the first 20 minutes you know which concludes with a track that's going to take you into side two yeah which uh, might be a more continuous track you know and with yeah. double albums there's that side three thing you know what happens there you know this this kind of netherworld <laughs> that you're in by then you know? now you have children <coughs> they're younger than you do yeah. they feel the same way because they're dealing with spotify and yeah. itunes and everything how do they feel about streaming and what the way you're portraying it yeah they, they love albums you know my son harry's got, he's got a good record player um yeah. speakers and he's you know he gets you know listening to albums is a whole different experience from the streaming thing psychologically it's different streaming is all about what's next yeah. whereas the album is i've got to make time to sit down and listen yeah you know yeah, you, yeah. you do you do that you know and it rewards that that process rewards you i think how do you think you have matured <laughs> over the years like a fine wine. <laughs> <laughs> You've got that written down. I can see you looking at it. Fine wine. I said it somewhere joking. <clears throat> but I mean, in, seriously, how do you feel that you've changed? Because when I met you and we started to write in the 80s, you were very single-minded. Mm. And you said, no, Pedro, I don't want to run a ballad here. I don't mm. want to sound like Sticks. I don't want to mm. sound like Genesis. <laughs> I don't like that prog stuff. And yeah. yet, over the years, you've changed in, in the way your philosophy has been. To me, I mm. feel that. Um, do you think that you have changed since the early days? Yeah, inevitably, I think. Mm. I mean, I was in Book Soup a couple of evenings ago. Book Soup, mm. uh, for I those of you place, who yeah, don't Ventura. know. Yeah, yeah incredible bookshop, yeah. actually on Sunset Boulevard, isn't Beautiful it? On, yeah. 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 And I used to go in there in the 80s. Uh, and, the 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 and the Tower Records. And the Tower Records opposite. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, Which is sadly now a yep. trainer depot, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and... You know, sort of looking at the the books uh, a couple of days ago, you know, and found myself in the same section that I always used to be in, which is the sort of poetry and classical literature. Not pornography, no? no, no pornography. No, no, that, no that I didn't. I, that's where no. I've changed. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you changed. I knew it. <laughs> you saw right through me. <laughs> you know, in the magazines, I knew it. <laughs> This foreign <laughs> magazine. So where were you? Where were you? Oh, it sounds boring now, but I was in the poetry <laughs> classical section. <coughs> I realised it's all getting boring. a bit serious, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, this is, the, you know, when you're talking about change, I yeah. sort of thought, actually, uh, maybe I haven't changed. I'm still looking at the same old shit that I looked at same like with 40 me. years ago. Same you know? with me. Same with and, me. Um, yeah, same with me. But uh, on the other hand, I think the whole experience of, yeah, well, that, this whole curve <laughs> that I'm on this point I'm yeah. on this point on the curve you know yeah. uh, back, back when I started you know making points on the curve let's say in Abbey Road with Chris Hughes Absolutely. I, was a, yeah. I was a kid I knew yeah. nothing about anything really yeah. I, I loved music but I didn't I wasn't in deep with it somehow yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. I was, and that probably shows in the music in some ways but um, so if, if there's change it's to do with depth I think in, 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 the, in a way it's still the same obsessions but yeah. I think having worked at different levels in the business in different genres with different people and had time to really have a think about things what's important what's not you know taking the lessons from people like dylan and miles davis that's know. what i found interesting mm. about you because in the early years when i met you mm. i think they were there those those influences mm. but you never really brought them up as much mm. and if i brought them up you'd say yeah it's standard and i know when i worked <coughs> with you as a young writer mm. i thought um, Jack is, a, is is so far ahead of me harmonically mm. that I thought, um, I wonder if it ever understand the simplicity of knocking on heaven's door sure. or uh, my sweet lord yeah. or uh, you know goodbye yellow brick road. Mm. Would he would he understand that? And mm. somehow over the years that I've worked with you, because we've become brothers and stayed mm. friends, I sense that you've li you've actually uh, got to honour that kind of music and a different kind of appreciation. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I've 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 yeah, engage with it much more. The yes. I mean, for me to yeah. hear Jack Hughes say he's playing Dylan's albums mm. for two weeks or something was like, uh, you, he must be on drugs or something. <laughs> Something's gone wrong. Yeah. 
But no, you, when, I, when we were working together, I was not. A, if I said Dylan to you when we were working together, you'd yeah. have shot me. You'd well, have given not me exactly one. shot you, but I, you know, you'd have walked out. You got to respect. You know, you got to respect. <laughs> Don't mention that name. But it was kind of like it's, it's not. Where D I'm at. to A to G, D to A to G. Now, when Jack sent down, sat down with me in the studio, he wrote out the music. It was like, oh <laughs> fuck me, he's writing out notes, and it was like, no, that G needs a seventh and an eighth, and needs to be augmented. And I was like, oh my god, I'm in trouble here. Let me make the T. <laughs> but then, then. Suddenly he said, oh, "I can really appreciate Little Feet and Dylan." Well, Little Little Feet yeah. were always there. They were one of my building blocks yeah. for sure. Yeah, but Dylan, no, was was always uh, distant for me. But um, no, there was this time during the nineties, you know. So Wang Chung was over. Uh, I'd made an abs- an abortive attempt at a, a solo album. Well, abortive in terms of getting it out into the world. And um, those were my sort of the, the wilderness years, in yes, a sense, yeah, the difficult yeah, yeah. years. You yeah. know, I'd moved out of London. I was living in the yeah. in this sort of countryside house, a farmhouse. Really, it wasn't even in a village. You know, it was like literally a twenty-minute drive to wow. the nearest shop. You know, wow. so it was very isolated. Sometimes I think that was a mistake, but then of course life is there's never mistakes. Mm. It's just what you do. You know, so so that's where I was. You know, and. Um, and I remember getting a call from Chris Hughes, and yeah. he said, "I'm working on this album for you to produce something, right?" Yeah. yeah would yeah. you come? Well, he's actually said, "Could you come play a bit of guitar for a couple of days?" Uh, which I did. Um, but obviously, with Chris, rather like with you, you know, we bond, we talk. Yeah. We, wow. Yeah. And he's he's like, "Well, play on this track and do that." And what, what do, you, do, you, do you think <laughs> we should do this? That's exactly <laughs> like us. And actually, the writing out of things exactly something that he really got into because I he sort of say just write the, the song out you know so I can yeah. see the structure and I'd have this yeah. big manuscript paper like with thirty staves on it or something yeah, yeah. and write it all out and it, and it is useful you know especially when you're trying to get um yeah. uh, uh, you know oriented in, in what you're doing you know but anyway so Chris uh, w- was producing I was sidekick and <laughs> generally bringing in you know hand chords with. Yeah, 30, I think you were the musical intelligence around the edges. Uh, that's very nice of you to put yeah. it that way. Yeah, but yeah, bringing in different stuff, you know. But in the evenings, he would play albums. Um, it was you know in the days when record companies spent money yeah. making records, so we had a. And you listen back. You just laid there. Yeah, the well, we were having dinner, and he would. I remember one evening he put on Blonde on Blonde, and it completely, for some reason, blew ah. my mind. Wow. I just really got it, and I remember going down to the local. Why do you think you got it? Why do you think? I think it Timing was... Timing in life? Yeah, or? it was this sense of, like, all that shit that you're interested in. Yeah. I mean, getting things yeah. in time and in tune and precise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, what, what you've got to have is the, the core ideas, and you've got to capture them while they're still burning, you know. I find this such a, an yeah. important thing to talk about, because yeah. I'm an organic writer. Yeah. I wasn't trained, and Jack was mm. trained, and he yeah. went to college. And um, I found over the years that I would always be looking at Jack because of his sophistication and where he would would take chances. Mm. And yet when Jack, uh, over the years we've been together, would look at my normal writing, would say that's a very uh, important place to go. And I think that's uh, interesting Mm. that we've sort of bonded uh, from uh, distant places. In a sense, yeah, 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 Yeah. different certainly different viewpoints of and I'm always pushing I'm always pushing <laughs> I'm always pushing Jack to do more uh, experimental stuff yeah and Jack when I play something simple there's only four chords Jack, he goes, that's brilliant yeah. and I go like that's interesting it's yeah. interesting over all these years well that's that yeah. tune that you Played me this afternoon or little, this morning. Little bird, yeah. yeah, but wasn't that was the one before it? I think again that had the whole heart and um, to feel and courage and to feel. Fade, I know, it's the fade. one that's got four chords in it. Anyway, that um, would be little four bird. really. Most good of chords. my songs have four chords. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. all the album. But they have a, a thing, don't they? Yeah. I think I should have called the album four chords. That'd yeah. have been good actually. But I think it's also the enthusiasm for yeah. music still, isn't it? You know, and yeah. also you get. Hit by you know, like getting hit by blonde and blonde. Was it not lyrics? Are you a lyric? Partly man? the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that sort of came later with reading books about Dylan and studying the music in more. And depth. how do you, how do you <coughs> see lyrics when you write? Well, in the Wang Chung days, I was pretty dis. You know, whatever works. You know, I was coming from a Beatles place yes. of like the way the lyrics spirit, sound spirit. is is more important than the what they mean. Which I still mean. am. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but now I really get what they mean is incredibly important because yeah. you, you're, you're taking people's time. <laughs> They're listening. They yeah. want. They want to know what you've got to say, and if you're a bit confused about what you're trying to say, 
it's not good enough yeah. you know yeah, yeah. so like my latest release this single that I put out very recently the the lyric I feel is is good ah. you know and it's you know again takes lessons from Dylan in the sense of you know that the rhymes are yeah they go on and on and on you know you don't just rhyme it once you rhyme it twice three four five times you know you're, like you're turning into a normal songwriter my god <laughs> yeah a bit of discipline at last <laughs> <laughs> now this your single is called since 2017 yes it's about ufos and uh, jack and i are infatuated by the ufo uh, mystery mm. in fact when we met together one of the biggest things we did when we first met in the 80s was to go to a couple of seminars <laughs> yes. about ufos well, and sit there that. going that like this is real so funny. <laughs> remember that <laughs> Remember that? I do, I do. We went There's to about five or five. You know, well, there was one in particular down in near the airport in LA, right. now LAX, wasn't it? So and it was with an engineer. Yeah. Jeremy yeah, Smith. Jeremy Smith, yeah, who was massively sceptical. <laughs> Still is, I'm sure. <laughs> and it was Jack and I going like, this is true. Yeah. And then Jeremy's gone, you are wankers. Yeah, you're wankers. serious. Yeah, yeah. But I remember there was that guy, what's his name? Colin. Uh, Colin Andrews. Who, who, That's right. Who's the crop the circle crop man. The crop circles in yeah. Wiltshire. Yeah. Near where I lived. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was down there, wasn't yeah. he? The crop circles were real totally freaked out because yeah. his store of you know photographs and all his notes and well this sort of <laughs> warehouse where he kept everything had been had burnt down and i have to say you know i'd be upset as well i would have been too you know it's a bit like somebody coming in here and torturing you know because you're writing songs don't that say that aren't very good <laughs> but ufos and this yeah. new, and this this single by jack uh, mm. we have to say is very special mm. tell me about it jack 2017 December is when the New York Times ran an article on what they now call UAPs this sort of rebranding exercise which I totally understand you know that you've got to call things you've got to move them out of their cliche world into something else in order to uh, give it some space and some breathing space you know and that subject definitely needs that and anyway mm -hmm. New York Times December it was rooted in the I the news <laughs> that the Pentagon had changed its tune from rather than saying that UFOs were, you know, fantasy. They, they said it, they're definitely it's a real phenomena, uh, but we've mm. no idea what it is. You know. So it was that it was a massive change of emphasis. Yes. You know, if yeah. you're into that subject, it's what Which you've I sort am. of been yeah. waiting for in a way, you know. Yeah. So the song is, I suppose, a sort of meditation really on where we're at with the subject about you know, is it a good thing that it becomes uh, part of our reality? <laughs> mm. Or is it really better to keep it in this yeah. kind of yeah. fantasy yeah. realm? You know, yeah. Yeah. Tom DeLong, Blink 182, he's a very interesting bloke in all this, you know, mm. a fellow mm. sort of rock star. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, but it's interesting, you know, he, he's pretty out there with the stuff he talks about and the, what, what he's kind of figured out for himself you know now one of your press pictures of this single mm. was you with thousands of books yes <laughs> about ufos not all of them either. now did you <laughs> read all those <laughs> yeah uh, i used to read them like in a day those books i oh get them God. in those days you had to buy them in a shop yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but i was pretty yeah. aware of you know like with rock music you know the next yeah, album yeah. that's coming out and you want to get it yeah, and yeah. so I don't so, know, yeah. ask a question here, mm. this is really important, because mm. I read something that you had gone to Las Vegas with some of the uh, Wang Chung guys, mm. and you'd uh, spoken to some important people. No, I've never really, well. And you've seen yeah. some things. Well, we drove out to Area 51. Yeah. Yeah, that was an amazing And trip. you've seen some things? No, not really. Okay. But there was some weirdness, yeah. you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, there's, it's a fascinating subject. But you believe? Yeah. Yeah, it's kept your interest. It has, yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's a subject that's not like, you know, when you're sort of reading about it like on X, formerly yeah. known as Twitter, you know, yeah. people have got this kind of, they want to prove it to me. You know, where's the proof? <laughs> and that isn't it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a bit like getting into music yeah, <laughs> in yeah, a way. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't prove to you that yeah. the Beatles are really important or that right, Bob right, Dylan right, wrote great right. songs. I can't prove that. Do you know right. what I mean? And you may well think, oh, I don't really like it. It's and that's all fine. Yes, yes, but, yes. but when you get into it, you start to sort of get the language, you get the yeah, yeah. thing, which isn't to say that it's like a culty thing that you have, to, you know, have to think a certain way. It's not that at all. But it's um, there is a sort of absurd side to the UFO yeah. subject, which I'd like, you know, yeah. just like there's a yeah. I'm the Walrus, yes. Lewis Carroll side I love that. to John's thinking. I love that. He didn't just write about revolution and I love that. social yeah. change, you yeah. know. He, he was Lewis Carroll was one of his guys. Yes. You know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's, it's a complex 
subject that ebbs and flows you know yeah. quite what the truth is I, I don't know but I think you know I, you and I are both the thing with music is the I same. said this a lot recently yeah. you know yeah. music is in a sense proof <laughs> that yes. there's something way beyond everyday life Absolutely. I don't mean in the well, way I that think you we're relate to each other spiritual yeah. Yeah. spiritual yeah, yeah. 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 and that the UFO that. thing again manifests in this spiritual realm as well which when you're trying to treat it like a science subject. It, it sort of falls down yeah, with yeah. all that stuff. But that yeah. doesn't mean that it isn't true. <laughs> yeah, because you, because you're talking about music, mm. which is intangible, mm. and we can't uh, touch it. Yeah, it's in the air. Yeah, and so there is more to this. I mean, a melody that touches somebody, mm. or a um, a mood that touches somebody. Mm -hmm. What is that? That is the spirit. So uh, I, I believe with what you were saying there mm. too. I think there is more to uh, this than we ever would believe. Now. Yeah. You wrote this single in E-flat for a alien, guitarist, an alien, alien key. key. What <laughs> yeah. made you do that? I'm always looking for, you know, the unusual <laughs> thing. No you know. guitarist can play an E-flat. <laughs> None of us can. No, no. For those of you wondering what we're talking about, you know, it's hard to explain. It's easier to play on a guitar if you can use your open strings. Absolutely. Isn't it? And yeah, yeah. when you start going to flat keys, they yeah. get eaten up very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, E-flat is not easy on guitar, but I found this sort of called this arpeggio thing, this structure of notes yeah. uh, that works using open strings, but still in E-flat, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and it's only later that I started thinking, like, yeah, so E-flat's a sort of alien key. So a G mm. was ringing there. Yeah, and, and there's a sort of, sort of E-natural e as well. Wow, an E-natural. Because it's a jack chord. You know, it's Ooh. too many notes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're talking organic hymns here. This yeah, is pagan. You're talking pagan. flat ninth. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a flat ninth. <laughs> you don't hear that much. Give me a flat ninth. Now, do you ever write political songs? I know on one of your albums you wrote, um, We Can Work Together. or uh, We've got to work together. We've got to work together. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty political. That was yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I sort of... You felt that strongly at that point? Well, I, th I think, you know, I put out Primitive, yeah. and I was on the verge of doing a bunch of gigs, and the world shut down. I never got to yeah. do that, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of like, well, what do I do now? Mm. Uh, and then so there was this sense of... Or just write another album. Do you know yeah, when you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got all this time? Work at home, I was keep living, going. living yeah. on my own completely, you know, and yeah. uh, so I, I did have a lot of time. And I, for some reason, just went back to this riff. I sort of recall things on my iPhone on this. Um, it's a great riff. It's a great riff. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, let's do that, you know. And also, I was in touch with um, and a wonderful singer called Baby and Salah. Right, right, right. And, right. Uh, and I could just hear this, you sort of heard the riff, heard her voice, heard yeah. the sense of like, let's do sort of... Um, it's funky. Give me shelter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, And so, uh, yeah. so I worked on that and sent the track to her and a friend of hers uh, recorded her vocals, you know, yeah, in his yeah. little studio. They did it within the restrictions, you know, and she sent all the vocals to me and I put it in the track and build it up. Yeah. And, uh, it's a great track. Yeah, it, I, I love that track. Yeah. yeah, and then a friend, friend funk of mine, funk rock, funk rock. Yeah, he did a great video for it using footage of you know all the sort of uh, Black Lives Matter demonstrations, yeah. and I mean it was a heavy time. <laughs> um, say, you know. How did you deal with that? <coughs> I hid away like a hermit. I'm okay with with hiding away and being a hermit, but yeah. with you are an active kind of guy. So yeah. how did you deal with that? I think it threw me back on myself. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think for the first time in my life, really, I was alone like. yeah. yeah and uh and that instead of finding it terrifying <laughs> which i did to begin with which i would have <coughs> felt yeah, yeah. yeah. uh I, I i started to relish it yeah. you know and this point in my life all these books that i've read bits of you know i can read the whole thing and uh, i remember listening to audio books uh, quite a lot because <laughs> my eyes were getting tired working on the screen all the right, time right, right, right. and i listened to a, an audio book about wordsworth and uh, wow you know, i'm reading a book about him now called the hidden life of wordsworth yeah, yeah. well yeah. very interesting so yeah. similar thing you know yeah. and you're a huge uh, we have to <coughs> say here book reader yes right. read a lot always got books yeah. on the go oh boy so yeah. this question is going to be <coughs> really important okay <laughs> you know what's coming now, were you ever tempted by groupies and drugs? <laughs> How did you deal with all this <coughs> through this period? Yeah, not drugs. <laughs> not drugs, so you kept away from the drugs? Yeah, because, uh, so, you know, I, I went groupies. to... Groupies? I I, I, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I went to university and did a degree in music, and then I got a place at the Royal College of Music doing a sort of postgraduate thing in composition. And at that time, I moved in with my mate Ron. We were friends from Gillingham. Ron was a, like a sort of year older than me, but he had amazing artist, painter, um, with that sort of visceral skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could yeah. sit here with a biro and a bit of paper and, and sketch you straight away, like yeah. in, in an uncanny likeness, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Very funny guy as well, yeah. and, and really into weed. <laughs> 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 so I moved in yeah. <clears throat> to this sort of squat, really. We had a room each in this, sort of with all these hippies. <laughs> and, uh, and I was going to the Royal College of Music, which meant going there like twice a week yeah, really, yeah, you know yeah, so it's yeah. very loose and uh so i spent a lot of time with ron and yeah in a paradoxical sort of way i spent a lot of time listening to joe walsh and todd rungren wow, and, and little joe feet and oh stuff you know God. rather than that's my world stockhausen which i should oh have been my. listening to really but, but, yeah and ron was really into what a good balance, american though. music it was great what a great good, balance yeah. Yeah. and and i was also listening to Berio, stockhausen boulez yeah, 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 you know yeah. through the and i was being encouraged to write in that sort of like avant-garde way yeah yeah and i was smoking a lot of weed and yeah, yeah, you know we yeah, did yeah. a bit of acid as how well how old were you how old <clears throat> 21 okay but what I found with drugs is that I didn't really like them. I found yeah. them, it took too much time, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing drugs. Yeah, yeah. You lost days you yeah. know, and felt exhausted afterwards. I didn't find it particularly creative as yeah. a process. Yeah. And I didn't like losing myself, yes. <laughs> if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so they came this down is to a groupies. rather long-winded <laughs> way of saying <laughs> I was over drugs by the time I got, you know, So you were over drugs like 22, <clears throat> 23? Yeah, I was. I never really did it after that so i did have this sense of like you can't <laughs> fuck about now do you know what i mean <laughs> you've got three kids. you've got to be disciplined this is it do you know what i mean it's like this is the you game you've got to play them. it's like mate right i fucking hit <laughs> so that was it <laughs> get down to it my lad yeah exactly yeah. yeah but on the on the big tours on the big tours yeah. that happened mm. during everybody has fun tonight yeah and dance all oh, day dance all days yeah uh, how did you deal with all the temptations yeah, well, having three kids <laughs> was one of the okay. ways of dealing with it, you know, because okay. it's like you can't that's healthy. stick around, right? That's you really mean, healthy. You know, yeah. Isn't to say that there were some you must have turned beautiful down. girls who yeah, came yeah. into yeah. realms, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a saint exactly, but um, I don't know. think anybody's asked you this question before. No, so I'm, I'm able to because I'm your mate, and yeah. I'm and yeah. I'm washing your clothes. And I can talk about if I'm, if I'm washing his clothes. <laughs> I can I ask him some really tough questions. I think questions. we're just having a conversation. It's not going to be broadcast all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as the groupies go, you know, it was... Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> silence there. A lot of silence there. We'll just yeah. move on I from that. Think, you know, I mean, oh, if there's anything there. that I know about you, don't go. He, Martin puts this big front on. Uh, he's one of the lads. But he's I've not. never been with a groupie ever. Go, go, go. Of course he hasn't. <laughs> I never use auto-tune. Never, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> Which is the same thing in your mind, isn't it? <laughs> now, moving on, I've got a few notes here that I have to ask uh, my mum. <laughs> now I know that Jack was with thousands, thousands of groupies through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I look at him differently. Yeah. And I'm looking at him now across the mic. I'm going like, you whore. You whore from <laughs> You whore. What do you do in your free time? <laughs> Now, 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 free time. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> my kids, you know, who yeah. are now. Now, tell me about your kids. You got yeah. very successful kids. They're wonderful. Yeah. 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 Harry, Jack, and Violet. So Harry's my oldest son. He, with his partner uh, Simona, runs a very wonderful Italian restaurant in Margate. Margate's a little mm. seaside town. And you did a video in Margate, right? Yeah. Yeah. And some of Primitif, you know, I was That's travelling right. to Margate. That's a big town. A lot, yeah, yeah, yeah Margate yeah. train. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, but they've got this great uh, Italian restaurant. And it's not like spaghetti bolognese and garlic bread. It's yeah. it's southern Italian cooking. Simona basically cooks her grandmother's recipes. I just Ooh. feel like I'm doing an advert for them. I'm getting hungry. But if, we ever, if you're ever over oh, in the UK, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's an amazing you're, Your hand changed then. Yeah. Jack moved to Morgan yeah. with his hand. It was yeah, Italian. I suddenly went Italian. <laughs> Yeah. And, my, you know, and I love that influence. You know, I've got yeah, yeah. my grandson Raphael, who's eight and a half, who speaks fluent oh. Italian as well as English. Oh. You know. It was great. I was in Milan a few years ago, before the pandemic, when Violet was there. My daughter, she was in a, she's an actress or an actor, we say these days, uh, in a play in Milan. And um, and I remember sort of spent a, a week with her, I think, you know, and um, I was getting this cab 
uh, I wanted to get the cab from the hotel to the bus station and take the bus to the airport. <coughs> and this lovely Italian cab driver, and he said, I got in and I said, <laughs> want to go to the bus station? He goes, where do you really want to go? And I said, well, I'm going to the airport. He goes, I drive you to the airport. You know, so, you know, when we started talking and I sort of about Rafi, he goes, Rafi is half Italian, so you're half Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of had this fantasy, yeah, I'm half Italian. Yeah, I do have some style. <laughs> so that's Aaron Simona, and then yeah. my son Jack, he's an actor. Uh, and and a very handsome man. Very handsome. He became very successful when he was yeah. young uh, in a soap in the UK called EastEnders. Yeah. Um, and became like a household name. He looks name. like you. He looks like you. That's nice yeah. of you to say. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I hope he thinks no, he like does. you. No, yeah, he does. He does look like you. Yeah. yeah. No, he's great. Um, yeah. And he has a little daughter called Marnie, uh, who's gorgeous. She's three. Uh, and um, Harry and Simona have Raphael, who's eight, and also a daughter called Artemisia. Who's also what a great name? Yeah, what so a great name. Though Marnie and Artemisia, you must be so <coughs> proud. I Jack. am. And then my daughter Violet had a oh, granddaughter, yeah. uh, her daughter, uh, in January of this year. So I have four grandchildren. You're not alone. The I mean, really, that no. is a wonderful, wonderful family. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and spending time with those guys yeah. is just joy. What yeah. do I do in my free time? That's one of the things I love to do. I mean, I don't spend enough time with them, but yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's but that, mu that must fill you with so much um, <coughs> sense of going back to England and, mm. and, and touching them after you've oh, done yeah. a tour or whatever yeah. and you're writing. You always feel that this family of love is there. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm incredibly fortunate to have had the career in the music business that I've yes. had and yeah. to have kept my feet sufficiently on the ground yes. to have a good relationship with my kids and hopefully well I know with Raphael we're very close yes uh, but hopefully the the girls as they grow up and get a little older will yeah. also be able to do you find that they, that they influence you at all with your writing oh well hugely you learn from children yeah. I always felt with my own children I learned a huge amount from them you know, mm. just watching them and how mm. they mm. grappled with the world you know even from when they were very little yeah know? so uh, yeah. did you always want a family I sort of did actually yeah yeah, yeah even though because you started early you started early yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you know it was I guess you could say it wasn't planned yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, but yeah. I I had got to a point in my life where I sort of felt you know, having children is that sort of loving bond that you can't replicate with another person in a mm. sense, you know. Mm. So obviously they're different things, you know. And and now I've been through a lot, and yeah. I've had some you know, very important relationships, and uh, so I get that that you know the bond of love as it were is, is a very powerful thing mm. and the way you relate to people of your own age and so on yes. is, is, uh, and would you say you were yeah. happy now i think i can say that i am yeah that's a There's wonderful a great, thing to say great uh, yeah. episode of frazier isn't there where they yeah. keep asking frazier but are you happy and he keeps changing the subject yeah yeah no, no. but, <laughs> but I mean, yeah i can answer that your gut feeling is this is contentment yes it's a good point in my life you know yeah. i mean we were talking earlier about loss you know yeah. and, and i've lost some very you know, yeah. dear people. You know, my wife Mel passed away in 2014. Ron, my dear friend, you know, uh, passed away uh, two years ago. Um, my parents, my mum, died a couple of years ago. So I, you know, I've been through. Um, I think 2014, maybe 2012 to 22 was a 10-year period mm. of dealing with death. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, and I was always um, myself um, quite dominated by grief and um, depression yeah. and I always wondered because Jack was so positive when I mentioned to him a philosopher like Schopenhauer I said how do you feel about that and he'd say too, do too down <laughs> no no too <coughs> too pessimistic mm. so when Jack went through some of these things it really as a, a brother hit me and I was interested how he put that into his music and I mm. think on primitive mm. you distinctly put that grief, although yeah. it, it also touched your next album, but yeah. Primitive really reflected you, to me, the nearest that I would put into my songs, you know, from mm. the Temple of the Muse and then the House mm. of Stone and Light, I felt like Jack was touching also that spiritual, soulful place, which I could actually uh, connect with as well. Mm. Am, am I true in saying that? Yes. Mm. Yes. It yeah. was different for you, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, grieving is a... <laughs> a whole continent isn't it you know and I've been very fortunate to not have had to have dealt with it until fairly late in my life you know um, but then again I think you know music again a lot of music is about death really yeah. especially classical Absolutely. stuff because you know, it's that. written in a world where death was much I more present than totally it is in our that. world totally you know, feel that yeah. when you're listening totally to Schubert yes. yeah. especially you know yes. uh, Mahler 
yeah. it's infused yes. <laughs> with grief and yes. loss, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. the, the access to a sort of very special kind of beauty is through that. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. 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 Do, you th do you think you hear that in the Beatles at a certain point? when yeah. you Do you think the Beatles around that period of let it be, mm. um, long and winding road. Mm. Do you think that they were reflecting that at all? I do. Yeah. yeah I mean, I they, they have a very. Cause some people just hear the Beatles as a sort of pop group. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I had never heard that because of the level. And of me. And me. Uh, and me. Yeah. yeah. Even please, please me. I mean, yes. which is like pop song. But because of that, and that other note that goes harmony, it's kind of jarring in places. And that is bittersweet. There's a slight darkness beauty there, beauty of darkness. It is, yeah, yeah. And it's, but it's yeah. also this expanded consciousness of what's yes. possible within the framework of a pop song. Yes, you know? yeah. yeah. So you're working on some new stuff now. Yeah, yeah. I had a Tell burst, me about it. burst of energy at the beginning of the year, uh, and um, yeah. Not so another album, right? Another yeah, album. Afraid yeah, so. Afraid so. After um, the Wang Chung tour, another album. Yeah, another proggy album. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've probably spent my life trying to get to where you are you know with, with ah, the heart no oh really you oh know right. it's like with primitive I, th I think you know it sort of gets there it does it does it's pure expression mm. so jack tell me about your jazz influences because when you came across to la mm. quite recently <coughs> i gave you a book about um john mclaughlin yes and the in orchestra i love that book so as a guitar player john mclaughlin is like I remember listening to him when I was a kid thinking, I'm never going to be able to get anywhere close to this. So I'll just stick with yeah. <laughs> Joe Strummer, basically. But I've always admired it. Um, you know, jazz is a, is a weird thing. And the whole area of being trained in music, you know. Yeah. I always resist the idea that I was a trained musician. But of course, I, I was trained. You know, yeah. that. But, um, yeah, so sometimes I can feel that, that that kind of ability to be able to sort of, as it were, churn out the music it's not that it's not churning it out that skill sort of mm. thing in a mm. sense creates a sort of mm. comfortable layer yeah. of yeah. interface between you and your instrument yeah. and what comes out and and it's fundamentally not very interesting yeah. Uh, yeah. other than to people who are just big fans and yeah. and yeah. like that so so I love McLaughlin when he's playing with Miles Davis yeah. and I yeah. love you know the story about In a Silent Way mm. where he's sort of like you know it's his first I think first gig with Miles and he's in the studio and they're doing this Joe Zawinul composition called wow. uh, In a Silent Way. Okay. Yeah, and Joe's written this song, which if you're into Miles, you can buy these box sets where you get the original versions, you know. Yeah. And so Joe's original version is a sort of bossa nova, fairly horrendous composition with mm. lots of chords and quite schmaltzy kind of, uh, you know, sort of hotel bar kind of piece, you know. And so they've obviously had a go at playing that, you know, and presumably McLaughlin's got the... Yeah. <laughs> Jots in front of him, and then Miles stops them. And goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and he goes up to McLaughlin and goes, "You started play the guitar <laughs> like you don't know how to play it." <laughs> <laughs> you should and do that to me. Yeah. And McLaughlin's like, "Oh, you know," and it's like red lights on, run. <laughs> Got to basically play this piece that's like probably yeah. an E flat. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. <clears throat> no, it's, he, he puts it key in of e. death. But he basically takes all the chords out of it. You know, yeah, he's playing yeah. that ding, 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 ding. It's a beautiful melody. But, but Joe's composition sort of harmonizes the melody yeah, like yeah, you yeah. or me would yeah, do it, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Particularly me. Yeah. Um, and, um, and Miles is basically take all the calls out, just play the melody and play it on guitar like you don't know how to play the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And I find all that just fascinating. And mm. I think the sort of rabbit in the headlights sense of yeah. a musician like McLaughlin being completely confronted at that point with something that he, he doesn't know what he's doing, yeah. that brings out Absolutely. genius. Yeah. You know? And the way that whole front section of In a Silent Way evolves, you know, Miles plays it and then Wayne Shoulder joins them. It is m totally magical. And that's caught in a totally spontaneous way. That's amazing. And yeah. now over your um, growth as a singer and a songwriter, mm. over the years, you've actually encompassed being more loose yeah. with your vocals. Yeah. Because when I worked with Jack, <coughs> I put him on the mic and I go, oh my God, I'm dealing with Sting here. He's, <laughs> his tuning is so precision and he's mm. so on it everything he did again double this straight in mm. now i feel that you're singing purely from what you feel yeah. and if it's not uh, technically right it's speaking from another level exactly right yeah i mean this is what you learn from miles davis and bob dylan you know they yeah. seem like they're very different sorts of artists but in fact they're very similar yeah. you know uh, in their approach yeah. there's, there's a great book on dylan uh, called the double life of bob dylan uh, where the Clinton Halin, I think is the writer, tries to get into 
what Dylan was doing yeah. when he was recording some of those amazing albums, you know, the pre-Blonde on Blonde records, but particularly yeah. Blonde on Blonde, you know, yeah. and how the musicians, uh, you know, Dylan would come into the studio, he'd have the tape running sort of thing, and he'd start playing the song, but he never told them what the chords were or, mm. you know, and these are session musicians who'd been yeah. working on Frank Sinatra's yeah, record yeah, the morning yeah, before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's deliberately fucking with them, basically, you know, and trying to get them into that place where they're not sure what they're doing. Yeah. And yeah. in that space is where you get that spontaneity, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, there's musics that are appropriate to that, you know. And, and I suppose the jazz thing it is, is that, really. You yeah. know, it's like, that's what blew me away about jazz. It wasn't the virtuosity and the thousand notes per second. Yeah. It was that you could write the composition on the back of an envelope. Right, you know, right, right, and, right, right, and yeah. then it's like you play that. That's the starting point, yes. and, and then you just be brilliant. Yes, sort of, you know. And as a composer, you sort of get out of the way as yes. much as you can, you know. Which is very different from the rock, classical. Absolutely, thing, absolutely. Where, where you're telling people what to do all the time. Yeah. Spontaneity, though, is the you know, epigonal quark. Yeah. My lo my last live jazz album. Yeah. There's a solo that I do on the live version of Nobody's Fault but My Own, uh, which I. I love, <laughs> good, and, and it's good, kind of, um, and what I love about it is that I have no idea how I did it. I I couldn't do it yeah. now. Do you yeah. know what I mean? yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. like I planned it. It's yeah. not like I yeah. sort of knew what yeah. I was going to do before I started. Yeah, and it's kind of me working with the guitar and also the delay pedal and and yeah. kind of bouncing off. It's what I love about Hendrix's playing. You know, people go about his virtuosity and stuff, and all of that's great. And he's got a virtuosity, yeah. but what he was brilliant at was reacting to the sound of the guitar as it's happening and yeah. altering his playing absolutely off of that i mean you yeah. hear that with thelonious monk in his playing yeah, as well yeah. he'll play a phrase he'll land on not quite the note you imagine yeah. it takes him off in another yeah. direction yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's that ability as a musician to be able to react to the ex precise second that you're in and adapt your thinking your playing into that yes. you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah opportunities for that are yeah, you know, few and far between in many ways in rock music, but yeah. in jazz, it's, it's it's much more available. Yeah. Now I wanted to ask you this for the longest time because your middle eights and the bridges yeah. mm -hmm. are incredible. Yeah, my, your washing's done actually, Jack. We've, <laughs> we've, we've, yeah. done, yeah. <laughs> we've done your washing. Yeah. <laughs> washing's I'll be ready. off then. <laughs> Session's over. I'll see you later. Give me a call from England. Yes. <laughs> Your middle eights, your bridges. Now, Americans would say bridges. We yeah. say middle eights. Yes. How do you see middle eights, bridges? But yeah. your middle eights are exceptional. Do you, do you concentrate on them? Yes. Um, I mean, Do they seem important to you? That yes. there must be like a verse and a bridge and a middle eight? Yes. Um, but not essential. And uh, what I love about your new record is that you do dispense. There's not many. There's not a middle eight in sight. <laughs> <laughs> See, he noticed it. I didn't notice that. He noticed it because it's all feel. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But um, Paul Simon yeah. summed it up very well when he said, you know, I'll write a song and then for the middle eight, I'll just look at all the chords I've got and choose one that I haven't got. It's not there. I do that. <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah. So that's essentially what you do with the middle eight yeah, and yeah. certainly what. Um, well, I guess with everybody have fun tonight. I mean, the range of that, it goes through yeah. the roof. How do you sing that live? Ugh. So you go down a fourth or something, but something you do, like that, yeah. you do move it around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's a bit of a slight that hand. Is so hard. The first time I sang it live was on the Joan Rivers show oh my God. in front of 30 my million God. people. Or oh something. My God. The pressure and oh. the band was mine oh as well. God. So the band's all just like sitting around oh with nothing fuck. plugged in. All oh. kind of, do you know what musicians are like? Oh my God! And I was just like bricking it. Sort of yeah, because I'd never sung it live at all. You know. But I nailed it. You hit it. Because you nailed it. I'm Jack fucking Hughes. You You're <laughs> Jack fucking Hughes. So, what's your favourite Wang Chung record that you made? <laughs> to Live Die in LA is, I think, a good mix of our sort of American influences. Yeah. We were in a difficult place when we did that yeah. record. Geffen Records. Yeah, Geffen Records. We were sort of, we'd done points on the curve. Yeah. Had a hit with Dance with Days, a proper hit, but it wasn't a number one hit. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, boys. Number one yeah. record, you've got to distill what you do yeah. into three minutes. And I was writing all this stuff, which I thought was good, but it's yeah. way too arty, you know. Yeah. And then out of the blue, freaking asked us to do the score. So it let us off the hook. And yeah. To Live and Die in LA is a, is a very expanded kind of song. Do you yes. know what I mean? Um, it's beautiful. It, it's a beautiful song. I'm very, I'm I'm very proud of that yeah. song, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think with To Live and Die, we, Nick and I produced it ourselves, yeah. effectively, and worked with an engineer, David Motion. Yeah. But there was, no, there was none of that kind of like, yeah. you've got to do this or you've got to have a 
yeah. something quirky or something. We just did what we did. Yeah. And uh, and as such, I think it stands up well. Yes. So uh, the future. That's the question. The yeah. future. I see next year another Wang Chung year for me. Uh, it's been a Wang Chung year this year, and the plan is to put out a greatest hits album ooh, uh, ooh, in ooh. early next year. Uh, which is going to have the greatest hits on it. Uh, it's going to be a double vinyl album, and the second vinyl album will have deep cuts from the upcoming sort of anthology that we're going to release. It's not an anthology, really. It's releasing each of the six studio albums that we did with all of the outtakes and all the songs wow. we didn't do. And mm. you know, like very kind of exhaustively yeah. everything we did and everything Fantastic. you never realised we did. So are you going <coughs> to tour with me when I go out on the road? Yeah, I yeah. want to be in your band. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I've been cleaning your clothes. God, you need a bit of funk in the <laughs> I can't tell you, Jack, how great it is to wash your clothes. It's so beautiful to be with you. It's, it's weird, actually, that we yeah. could just lock straight into being... Yeah mates again I you know, know it's, just, it's, it's like we, you live around the corner you know. I, I, I wish Jack lived yeah. in, in LA with me <laughs> but Jack thank you so much and I think we've learned a lot today I hope so and a uh, handshake to yeah, you we're shaking hands $35 for uh, <laughs> washing your clothes yeah. lots of love to yeah, everybody yeah. and thank you and thank you Jack no thank you <laughs> we will see you soon again bye bye ciao ciao well, there we are. What a wonderful, wonderful interview with Mr. Hughes. It was so brilliant to have him here. And as you can hear, the washing machine was in the background, making its presence known. Uh, and I think of that as analog tape noise. So I hope you did as well. I've got to say that Jack played me a couple of new tracks before he left the studio of his new album in progress. And it was, yes, as we would expect, exceptional so you've all got something to look forward to in the future thank you for joining me and jack on the first ever going down the rabbit hole with martin page may there be many more hopefully gotta say again thank you to the great jack hughes for stopping by my studio and listening to his guitar parts on my upcoming new album and for being brave and going down the rabbit hole with pagey that takes gut Look after all the innocent animals out there. Stay positive and keep listening to good music. Ah, see you soon. Pagey.